me as the ship and we are back yeah we take a little break uh well due to personal reasons we uh took some time off but here we are we're back into it talking raw smackdown nxt and one thing i want to say i kind of i really do miss doing this <laughs> and dealing with you on a weekly basis and I, i'm sure it's vice versa too i don't want to make it seem like it's on one side <laughs> but overall i mean I mean, a lot has changed with the product since the last time we did a show about a couple months ago. And main thing is, er, before we get into what we want to discuss, I mean, we didn't discuss, we didn't get a chance to discuss the fact that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff are now part of the production and it, it, they have some say with the creative in the uh, Raw and SmackDown. Real quick before we get into the, you know, discussing the top 10, what are your thoughts on that? Like, Paul Heyman and... Bischoff being uh, uh, named, uh, what was it, executive producers? Yeah, something Executive like producer, yeah. What, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, the Heyman one makes sense because he's been doing a little bit of stuff like that for a little while now anyway. Yeah. And most importantly, it just, ever since he, that first show that he was technically in charge of, Brock Lesnar's been around more. Could it be a coincidence? I don't think so. I mean, if Heyman wasn't in this role, could we be seeing Brock Lesnar in the form that we are right now? And I don't think so. So I think, you know, to finally, not necessarily get Brock over the crowd, but just, just to have the world champ around, you don't hear anybody uh, bitching and moaning about Brock Lesnar no more because he's around more. No, you don't. And, and that's if, I like that. That was the main thing you got out of this. That's a W right out the bat. Not to mention, uh, Paul Heyman is probably the best wrestling guy as far as storylines that's ever been. So to have that combination of fortunes together is truly amazing. As far as Bischoff's concerned, uh, really haven't seen too much. Like you can't just you can't feel his impact like you can with Heyman. So it remains to see if he's just a name that's attached and he's not really as involved as Heyman is on Raw. So I guess we got to wait to see how uh, some of these storylines, uh, you know, manifest here on SmackDown. But so far lately, the storylines on SmackDown, especially have been abysmal. So I don't know if that means Bischoff's ideals suck or he just doesn't have the input that we all wish he had. So I, I think SmackDown is a little up in the air and there's a lot going on, a lot to be worried, but still excited about with Fox coming up and everything. So I'm hoping we can, you know, kind of get them Heyman type storylines on SmackDown also soon. Yeah, yeah, with Bischoff, um, I, I feel bad for him in a way when it comes to Raw, because a lot of storylines from Raw are coming over, and like you said, it remains to be seen of what kind of uh, direction it will, like control he has, but I think once they get to Fox, you're going to have two separate entities, they're going to figure it out, but one thing's for sure, I think at this point, if it was me, you would have one world champion, that would go both brands, because having someone like Brock Lesnar, I think the ultimate thing is having a uh, world title unification match on that first episode of SmackDown. 
Um, but I think they're going to go that route because the rumor has it that they're going to go more back to the traditional brand split when that happens. So I hope they. If, well, if that's it, and if then... you do go back to that, you're not going to have just one champion. I, I think this is all just to get SmackDown up there ratings wise right now, just to yeah. keep the energy going, and then when they're on Fox, they're going to start to separate themselves into their own thing. Yeah, we'll see. Well, let's uh, speak. We got someone in chat, the jobber in the chat, Adam Jones, says reports say that Bischoff isn't going to deal with cre- creative that much. Mostly he'll be dealing with the business for Fox. Yeah, the guy has a background for that. But um, no, he did say in the one podcast he's going to have dealings with some creative. Not as much as Heyman has for Raw, but he will have some um not full creative control. He has some creative control. He, he's not saying he has none. He has some. Uh, but that remains to be seen. Yeah, he's going to be writing individual storylines, but yeah. people are going to present him with storylines, and he's going to kind of pick is the vibe I get. He's going to be the decision yep. maker of how to best represent them business-wise on Fox, and that pretty much means essentially putting the best product out there. So he'll have a bunch of minions and the minions will report to him and he'll decide what they put out more or uh, less. All right. Oh. Well, what's that? Oh, all right. You got, I said, I hope. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see where it goes from there. Now, um, for people that are watching this live and I don't think it cares for the people listening later on, on the podcast, but you're going to see D Shepard, not me. So you're not going to see my ugly face uh, to scare you off. Um, there was a technical issue, so that's why you're only seeing him and not the both of us. With that, let's go right into it. Let's go with number ten. Number ten. Well, remember last week when we? I'm sure people that watched it, we didn't get a chance to discuss it. But the 24/7 championship and when Maria Canales won the title. And she mentioned OGBYN appointment. I knew right away where they were going with that. And how they were going to do it, I got to admit, I thought it was really funny of how they did it. So let's go, let's tell the scenario real quick and we'll get our opinions on it. Uh, Maria Canellis was at her OBGYN appointment. Uh, during the appointment, a doctor was revealed it was a referee, and Mike Canellis pinned his wife to become the new 24-7 champion. As he goes out into the waiting room, he was then attacked by and pinned by the disguising R-Truth, and there you have it, just like that, where moments ago, Mike Canellis said he would not let his wife down. He did it again. But to me, I thought it was a funny segment. That's what this was meant to be, not to be taken seriously, but overall, it entertained the crap out of me. What did you think of it? Uh, anything with the, I don't think you can do wrong with the 24-7 title. It, it is so above and beyond over than we ever thought it probably would be. And this was just, you know, another classic case of, man, you just, you can't do wrong with this title. Like, it's very simple. You can not fuck this title up, basically. Uh, I, I was a little surprised. The way Mike Pender, and then the when they well, why is that? Well, no, I just because I wasn't expecting it. I was expecting our truth to be in disguise. Oh, okay, okay. Like I didn't see that part of it, so it did take me by a little bit of surprise. I did expect 
Mike to pin her at some point, but it, I was surprised where it happened. But it was a good thing. And, yeah. And they go out to the waiting room, and, and you got Carmella dressed up as a dude and R-True dressed up <laughs> as a chick. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just money. This whole title is just money. Yeah. And I think it is kind of cool that they had a pregnant chick win the title and the way she taunted the boys after she won the title. That shit was, like, no one saw that coming, really. You cannot predict what you're going to see with this title, and that's probably what makes this title... It, it has to be, right now, one of the top three titles in the company right now, just because of how over it is. And mm-hmm. this was awesome. I've always loved Maria. I thought she's been amazing. This new monster bitch of a wife persona she's doing is amazing. They're fine. Finally doing something with Mike Bennett, which, goddamn, finally. Even if this is a little corny from his point of view, he's pretty much knocking it out of the park and showing a different side to him that I don't think a lot of us knew he had. We were always so focused on his in-ring talent that, you know, we never paid attention to his personality all that much. He hasn't been given that platform yet. And it's been amazing, man. Nothing but thumbs up for me on this one. Yeah, you know, I agree with you with uh, doing something with Mike Bennett because or anyone that's been left in the back burner, pretty much just rotting away, not using them. This is an opportunity to maybe bring out a personality in all of these character or any uh, superstar that they're uh, putting, you know, into these segments. And it's funny because the first thing I thought of, Dishap, was the fact that you've seen these outrageous storylines um, happening. It's very reminiscent to the Attitude Era. So people that say, oh, I wish it could be more like Attitude Era. If you watch some of the segments, like when, uh, uh, what's her name, gave birth to a hand. Um, Mae Young got, gave birth to a hand. <laughs> Mark Henry was the father. Those outrageous storylines. You're starting to see it within this 24-7 division, uh, well, 24-7 title well, you, uh, segments. You and that's what I love other, about it. Uh, e, to your point, what you're saying, did you notice what they rated uh, SummerSlam as? TV-14. Yeah, I saw that too. Uh, Scottish Passion, thank you for the follow on uh, Nick, sir. It's just, it's, you can tell, this is Heyman, in yep. a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Heyman took what was a product, storyline-wise, that was just petering off, and he's sprinkling in some of the Attitude Era stuff without going over the top with it, yep. which and- is, he's been phenomenal. And um, Getham Jones in chat said it was it was wrote it the most popular title last month and yes, I saw that too. And well, come on, how can you not be entertained about what that? Because this is a thing that's being shown on every show. I mean, you got the WWE title that's mainly shown on SmackDown, US title, you know, mainly shown on Raw, IC title mainly on SmackDown. This one is going on both brands and i wouldn't be surprised in the future if you see that on nxt or 205 live it wouldn't surprise me at all if you see yeah, you're gonna get the name to hold this title eventually too yeah uh, this just screams braun Strowman eventually oh that i would like to see especially with the segment a week before with maria canales and him yep and, and he got the phoenix side Braun Strowman does like all that shit he used to do with that big ass guitar there one time or violin whatever uh, he he can deliver the comedic side of this title too. He can pull it off any which way. I just I see him with the title eventually. 
Yeah, he's multidimensional. That's one thing I could say. I love watching Strowman. It, it, it kills me that they killed him off for a little bit, but you've seen that rise of him again. All right, well, now that we're done with that, we got a new 24-7 champion. We're done with number 10. Let's go with number 9. Number 9. Number 9, Wild versus Thorn. And I don't know if you caught this match. It was the only match on NXT this past week on TV. If you don't count the attack from... Um, Killer Dane on Matt Riddle. Uh, this uh, was a pretty good match. It went about 20 minutes. Um, uh, Wild trying to get his first win in NXT. Uh, and it was a great back and forth match. But Wild failed to get his first first TV victory on NXT when Thorne scores the pinfall after landing a running knee. A devastating running knee if you saw that. And yes, I know it's DJZ Getem Jones, but we have to go with their NXT names. So, uh... Did you catch the match? <laughs> and what did you think of it? I did catch the match, but I, I didn't see the flying knee at the end. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. Because uh, I've seen the highlights. And i seen that, and I was like, that got my attention. Uh, other than that, I don't know too much about this match. I honestly don't. It's uh, been hard to keep up with everything lately. But I did catch TakeOver last night, and these guys weren't on oh, well. TakeOver. Oh, I don't want to, yeah, no spoilers, please, because I'll be catching that later on myself, along with SummerSlam. Uh, but you made it awkward. What's that? I said you made it awkward, because oh. I wasn't going to say anything. All right, good. Well, yeah, all right. <laughs> no, so, I, I did see the end of it there, but beyond that, I didn't see much of it, so I can't really comment. I am familiar with DJ Z, because he was in TNA for a while, right? Yes. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yeah. So I I am a little more familiar with him. Yeah. Uh, but just, they got the look, I'll tell you that, and I'm familiar with Z. The other guy got the look, so I'm curious. I, I, I look forward to seeing this, these guys some more, to get more familiar with them, though. And well, that was a brilliant thing that they did with this tournament was to reintroduce it. It's all repackaged guys with new names, and they did a tournament like a G1 style, and it was perfect timing going along with the G1. So I actually enjoyed the tournament, and these were the uh, two that participated in it. And I'll tell you, Wild, you're going to see a lot with him. Even though he hasn't won a match yet, but I see a lot with him. Shane Thorne, I mean, seeing what happened to him, uh, in the past too, and but I mean getting a victory in that match, but um, yeah, overall I, I enjoyed this match and I enjoyed what they're doing. It, it was a unique way to repackage these guys, and they did they did let it know that this is what they used to be, but this is their new name. I don't know a lot of people did like that, but to me I did because it, some people are like oh yeah that changed Strickland, but he doesn't go by that. It's a uh, swerve. Oh fuck! I forgot the name. I'm sorry. I'm still trying to get used to the names. <laughs> they they switched them up, and you got to get used to them. But um, his name is Swerve something. But overall, it, it was a really good match. And like I said, it was the only match on NXT this past week because they were hyping up uh, Takeover. So you had a lot of video packages uh, going into that. So, all right. Now that we're done with <laughs> number nine, let's go with what we thought was the eighth best thing that happened this week. Number eight. Goldberg. Goldberg. Come on, chant it with me. Come on, come on. Oh, come on. Oh, God, you're too fucking old. You don't want to... Isaiah Swerve Scott, thank you. Get him, Jones. 
God damn. Can you just get with it? I gave myself a concussion before I started chanting. My bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, number eight this week is our the return of Goldberg. Um, it was kind of ruined on internet. If you followed their cheats, if you follow Twitter, uh, anything wrestling related on Twitter, it got out there pretty quick. So it wasn't so much of a surprise. But what was the surprise was the pop, and we'll get into that in a second. I'll, I'll tell the scenario of what happened on Monday night. Uh, Dolph Ziggler came out from Miz TV to face down the Miz and Shawn Michaels once again. After he promised to beat the A-lister and become a legend, Miz announced that he wasn't actually Ziggler's opponent at SummerSlam. Then Ziggler went over to Shawn Michaels where he had to inform him that it wasn't him either. Instead, it was Goldberg who arrived and set the show off running up the ramp. And to end the show, Michaels gave Ziggler a switch in music for good measure. Now, my first question for you was, what did you think of that segment? And the follow-up to that is the thoughts on Goldberg getting his redemption match since that disastrous match with The Undertaker back at Super Showdown. Well, basically in a nutshell here, uh, this is, like you said, redemption. This is... This is a silver platter match for Goldberg. There's, you know, I heard the rumor that it was going to be Goldberg coming back, but I'm watching SmackDown and just, they got me. Because for a split second there, when Miz started looking at Sean, I thought Sean was getting the match. I was like, and then he did the whole, well, it's not me, and then started pointing, then it was Goldberg. I'm like, fuck yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Basically, Goldberg in a nutshell, he... He can't fight them big guys anymore. Uh, he, he struggled, you know, the more times he faced Brock Lesnar, it got worse each time. He's just not built for, at his age maybe, and his, you know, active status. He just doesn't, he got the look to match up with these guys, but it just, it can't happen anymore. It just really can't. Uh, with everything that he does to get himself psyched up for a match. And then, you know, he he, ex- he probably spends more energy, even though he has these sort matches, than any other person on the roster by far. He practically gives himself a heart attack every time he goes out there. So by the <laughs> time, time you get to the point of 10, 15, maybe even 20 minutes down the road, from when they first show him in the locker room coming out, uh, then you're asking him to lift up a 300-some-pound dude for a jackhammer, bad things are going to happen. That's not going to happen this time. Because even if he gave himself a concussion, because you know damn well he's going to bang his head on the door again. He always bangs his head on the door. He's done that for 20 years. He's not going to stop doing that. Uh, But even a concussion, Goldberg can still jackhammer Ziggler. I mean, that's easy peasy. This is as cream puff of an easy five-second match that you could ask for. Because Ziggler's going to run out there, do his little bad guy, taunting shit, and then Goldberg's just going to whoop his ass real quick. And more or less, this will set up Goldberg, unfortunately, to eventually fight another big guy. Like, I'm leaning towards him and Strowman down the line. I don't know why, gut feeling. Uh, mm, but there's no okay. way God's green earth 
a completely healthy Goldberg is still jackhammering uh, Strowman. It's just not going to happen. So it's going to be disastrous. Anytime you throw him out there with an Undertaker, Brock, or Strowman, it's just going to be disastrous. Now, if you want to send him, you know, these next couple years up against guys like Ziggler, Miz, even Shane McMahon, stuff like that, yeah, he'll whoop all them motherfuckers and look good doing it. You'll probably get them kind of matches. He just can't go against that dude. So I don't know what you do with Goldberg at this point because we all know he's going to go out there and whip Ziggler's ass right quick tonight. It's easy peasy. Uh, I just don't (laughs) know where you go from here because no – no fan is going to be excited about Goldberg Strowman or Goldberg Kane or or Goldberg these big names because we know what's going to happen. It's going to look awkward and terrible. So do you keep Goldberg as the monster that he used to be and just have him fight guys like Ziggler? That's probably the best route you can go with this. Uh, but as far as this whole segment stuff with Ziggler, you know, the more I've been seeing Sean lately, I'm hoping for that one last WrestleMania match and Ziggler would be the perfect guy. So if this is a way to start building towards that, I'm okay with that too. Uh, but I think Goldberg's stuck where he's stuck now. And I don't think he's going to be put out there against a big guy mm-hmm. anymore. It's just not worth it. Okay. Well, to your point, um, Goldberg, there could be uh, various people he could face, believe it or not. If you have good workers like like Dolph Ziggler, and remember, I changed my opinion about him completely since last year. He's one of the best heels they got. And this guy's had a good year. And name one big victory he's had this year. None. But yet, he's been golden because he's doing a great job as a heel, and you don't always have to win. And the WWE territory, we all know that heels don't get the victories a lot. It's a face territory. It's always been it's been that way for a long time, even before Hogan. It was like that. But overall, um, I got to say, someone in chat did come up with a good suggestion, okay? By the way, hi, Jordan. Renji said, I think it was, oh, no, it was Caleb Jones. Goldberg versus Drake, Drake Maverick. That's a good, you know what? That's WrestleMania written all over it, okay? Uh, but no, they, they get, okay, now, I may be out of the loop here, but I'll give one suggest, suggestion, and I don't know if it did happen or not. What about Samoa Joe? Well, they are going the face route with Samoa Joe now, though. So it I'll seems like that. it. But it, it could be, that could be just a, you know... Triple H Rikishi type deal where he just act like concerned and it turned out to be uh, not that way. He was involved the whole time. I'm just saying that I, I would see because talk about right on that edge of big guy that Goldberg might be able to handle. Goldberg's a good, I mean, uh, Samoa Joe's a good worker, great heel, great on the stick, get his point across. I can see him doing that. But overall, um, the one thing I'd be surprised about and then we'll go on to number seven, is that people were complaining about Goldberg, uh, how he, oh, dropped Undertaker on his head. It was a disaster match. Don't We don't want him back. And the moment that music hit Monday night, people erupted. He got a pop. Why? I think that's because they know Goldberg can handle Ziggler, and fan-wise, nobody likes Ziggler. No, I just think... I think the fans are just bipolar. (laughs) I think that played into the pop a little bit 
Yeah. But I'm telling you right now, you made a comment about Ziggler, about how he's had one of the best years of anybody, despite all the losses. What better way to just have him keep losing against all these big names over and over again? Mm-hmm. And then you get the mania, he fights HBK, and he beats HBK with his version of the super kick. You would send Dolph Ziggler into the stratosphere if you play it out like that. Yeah, I'm. That's that's what I'm hoping. You know, a lot of people are focused on where's Goldberg go from here after this. Goldberg's gonna go right back into the retirement home and come out a couple times a year. Ziggler, Ziggler is the key where he goes from here. Even though he's gonna get obliterated tonight, uh, I'm really cause you're gonna build Ziggler back up. Uh, you know what? I wouldn't so it wouldn't surprise me if they actually make a match out of this. And Ziggler is that talented that he could be able to get a guy like Goldberg that's not comfortable doing a long match, maybe able to carry him into a good, entertaining, great storytelling okay. match. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited for the match tonight at SummerSlam. You said you're uh, pretty excited. All right. We can't wait to see what happens then. That was our number eight. Let's check to see what is the number seven. Number seven. Number seven. Kofi's response to, uh, well, obviously, you know, the boat going back and forth. I'll tell you one thing. This video package really made me interested in this match even more. And to me, in me, my eyes, I think this was considerably the best buildup to all the SummerSlam matches this year. And look what they did to build it. Yeah. The best title match tonight. Yeah, and I think it will be. And this is 11 years in the making. Obviously, they used that angle where Kofi was held down and he blames Randy Orton for that one mistake that happened where he called him stupid and that stopped his push. Here he is, being a champion now, and Randy Orton challenging him for the title. It's flip-flopped. And I'll tell you now, it was an incredible video package they played on SmackDown. Talk about the history of the, uh, them two and the rise of Kofi Kingston. What he has overcame in the last 11 years and getting that title at WrestleMania. And here he is at SummerSlam, second biggest show of the year. Probably better be main event, but I doubt it, but it might be second to the main event. Um, I got to ask you, uh, what did you think of the build and this final video package before uh, on the go-home show? <laughs> no pun intended. You know, I don't want to necessarily give them a whole lot of credit for this build, only because this was the easiest build. As soon as you started this feud, you're like, all right, bring up the, you know, past street fight on Raw. I mean, that that match, oh, my God, that's got to be, for that time, that had to be match of the year or at least in the top three that year. That match was absolutely one of the best matches I've ever seen. I actually caught that uh, on WWE Network. It was incredible. This this is just such an easy feud. It doesn't take away from how they built the feud because there was little things added. Like the, To me, the best part was not this promo, but when Orton first said, I didn't have to fake a Jamaican accent. <laughs> nice thing. I mean, the... The lines back and forth have been nothing short of just perfect, really. Uh, this is by far 
the title match that's probably hyped the most, will live up the most, and you're not there's nothing really negative to say about this, I don't think. I you know, I tried to think of something that would bother me. And I do you know one thing I will point out that I've kind of liked more than Kofi's recent feuds? It seems like with this feud, New Day's been less involved than his Absolutely. Past. And I think that is helping, you're helping building up Kofi even more along the way by doing that. But then you're also, you know, putting that idea in the back of people's mind that eventually someone from New Day is going to turn on Kofi. Because, uh, you know, Kofi's standing out and doing everything on his own now. You don't need a New Day. There's going to be something to that eventually. We all know that's coming. When it happens, who knows? But you know, I'd almost be down. You know, I, I really hadn't thought about the Kofi getting screwed over in a while. And when I started thinking about it again this week, I was like, man, could we see a triple threat at Mania kind of like we did with the Shield back in the day for the title? I mean, that would be it, interesting. It would be interesting. Um, uh, it, would be a, it would be a big push for Xavier Woods more than Big E. Probably, but... I don't know. I'm really excited to see where Kofi gets from goes from here because I think they've done a great job mm-hmm. building them up. I think this mm-hmm. win that he's going to get over Orton tonight is just going it's going to be a little bit more to legitimize him as opposed to the last couple feuds because yeah. New Day was so heavily involved. If Kofi beats Orton tonight, straight up, man, he he just phew, sky's the limit. Well, here. you know what. It, and you were right about what you were saying about him straying away from uh, New Day. It's because it, 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 they want to make it like a legitimate champion and more of a sport feel. And if you got more of a sport feel, and then, okay, what's what's going to Fox in the, in the, uh, in the fall? Um, Just WWE. my personal opinion, you Sorry. cannot continue to be a legitimate world champion if you're coming out to the ring and throwing pancakes still, though. Yeah. You can still do your New Day chants, New Day rocks, all that stuff. But, man, enough with the fucking pancakes. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. I think they did this to stray away from that. But, I mean, this is great. And you're saying, like, you don't credit – well, you can't credit them as much. Main reason because it's K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. It, it was a simple storyline because it there is real life. And realism brought in the storyline. Wrestling storylines makes things everything. It makes everything better. That's why you really didn't need much from them because it was already told. Now you're going to get this little, I guess you would say, redemption for Kofi. Um, you may get a conclusion of the of the storyline between these two, and it took 11 years to get to this. We may finally see it tonight, or we might see something different where it might extend it into a program going into the fall. That remains to be seen, but I am excited for this match, as, as you stated too. Um, I can't wait, and again, I wish it was main event, but it's probably not going to be because the Universal title kind of dominates that. All right, well, that was our number seven. Let's see what was the sixth best thing that happened. In the WWE. Number six. All right. Well, number six is who's after Roman. Now, I know you're shaking your head, but you know what? There was a lot of good things that came out of this whole thing with uh, Roman Reigns. Um, I'm, 
I like it. And that's why I asked you on the list. Do you agree with this being on the list? You said, yeah, it's fine. No, 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 This is only on the list, and I agreed with it being on the list because this is so fucking retarded you have to talk about. Yeah. Yep. I said it. All right. Well, here's the thing. We're going to talk about the events that led up. Uh, up to this, uh, of course, you know what happened last week. We went for the interview in the backstage on SmackDown. He had uh, scaffolding fall on him. Yeah, it was a little odd to watch, um, but it happened. And I see what they were trying to do. And then, uh, then last week on uh, this uh, past Monday on Raw, he was uh, getting out of his car, and lo and behold, someone tried to run him down. It was That was a little weird too, but I did like it. I see what they were trying to do. But one thing I've noticed is, despite all this, there has been sympathy. People are still on his side, and I think it's because of a couple of things. One, they're keeping him away from their title. I think right now, what they're doing, if he's not going to be involved with the title, you got to have him in a storyline. I like what they're doing. The execution of the one thing they tried to do on SmackDown was bad for me. In my eyes, but overall, in the grand picture, I thought they were doing a good job with it. I'm sure you're going to destroy it in just a second, but uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll get into well, we'll go into the, what happened on SmackDown. Of course, he did an interview with Kayla um, discussing the recent incidents that threatened his well-being. Uh, Rain said that the events had been affecting his livelihood. Then he apologized to Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe for dragging his name through the mud. Since it's now clear he had nothing to do with the attack, which I think that's bullshit. He vowed to get to the bottom of things by the end of the night. Later on that night, he confronted Buddy Murphy about his knowledge of who's doing all this. When Murphy refused to tell him anything, Roman roughed him up in hopes to get hit a name. Uh, of course, he said it was Roman. Now, I don't know if a lot of people saw this. It was a little conspiracy video where you see a beard. You know, in the picture, and a lot of people saying that Roman thought that looked like Buddy Murphy. How do you fucking get Buddy Murphy confused with Rowan? No, 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 no. He confronted him because he said he knew. He, no, no, he, no. He was there. No, he said. He made the, oh, no, yeah, he, he made he, the exact comment that Buddy Murphy was there because he seen him on the video. So that would be alluding to. That cryptic video that we all see. Would yeah. it not? All right. Yeah, yeah, fair did enough. You did you see Buddy Murphy in the other part of that whatsoever? No, you saw, uh, what's the well, name, with the hoodie. That's what I'm saying. So, the whole premise of him knowing that Buddy Murphy was there was based off what? I... The only, the only thing we got is that video. Yeah. So did he? No, that's why I'm saying it. Just it, it, it put a bad just thing out there. It made no sense. It just a random. Just hey, we we haven't done shit with Buddy Murphy for a couple months. Let's uh, you know, have Roman interrogate him and say he saw him there, even though we didn't show the fans any kind of video whatsoever that showed Buddy Murphy there. You just like the premise. You just don't like the execution. Well, it didn't make sense. It, you know... No, no, I'm talking one, about like what they're trying to do to get the, sympathy for him is what I'm talking about. Not man, with, fuck what, that shit. You fuck gotta keep him... Shit. You know what? 
this dumb motherfucker don't even know how to sell the angle from Raw. And the angle from Raw was much better. When he dove back in that car, he landed on his right shoulder, you could say, right? Yeah. When he emerged from the car, he was holding his left shoulder. That car didn't come anywhere near his left shoulder whatsoever. He didn't smack his left shoulder when he dove in that car. But when he got out of the car, he was holding his fucking left shoulder because he's a fucking retard. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. No, I'm sorry. This shit is a fucking joke with him. This is only, only because of his family name that he is this pumped up and this fucking goddamn sympathy shit. You know what? The cancer thing might have been real. It might not have been. We'll never know. But, you know, all the signs of why he was gone, films a movie, didn't lose any hair whatsoever, didn't lose, you know, one thing you definitely lose, no matter what kind of fucking chemo you want, is usually body mass. You lose some of that muscle tone. This motherfucker came back more tone than before he left. That's just weird. It's not, like, totally impossible. It's just weird. And, you know... You have the sympathy already. Everybody loves him because of coming back from cancer. You don't need to keep drawing sympathy from him. You know what you do need, which they hinted at with that car angle? You don't need to pair him up with somebody again like the Shield. But instead of the Shield, this time it's going to be Samoa Joe. And you want to talk about a badass duel that can run around and fuck the motherfuckers up? This is it right here. We've seen the sympathy shit before. We've seen him push to the moon already. Let's pair him up with another fucking monster and go around destroying people. That we haven't seen since the early days of the shield. That's what I want to see. This whole soft-ass building shit where at the end of Raw or SmackDown, he's walking around and then somebody attacks him. This pussy-ass shit. And then, uh, you know... They eventually were going to have this fucking blow-off match with this storyline with Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam, but they screwed the pooch so fucking much that, you know, instead you're going to get a throwaway match tonight where he'll, Buddy Murphy will call him out. He'll go out there and destroy Buddy Murphy tonight, probably. Yeah, oh, yeah that's fucking great. And then we'll see fucking uh, Roman and Bryan at the next pay-per-view. And, right. yeah. Yeah, what right. I, I, okay, okay. I know. <laughs> All right, overall... I get what you're saying with that. I I, I agree. Uh, but at the end of the day, you got to keep them in the storyline. You just don't like what how they did it. If they had a better story, you would be on board. If it was, but you know what? You really got me excited about that two man power trip. Now, I know they won't ever turn Roman heel, but if it was an opportunity, I would think this would be it. No, have I a, think if you pair him up with Smoa Joe, you can go with the tweener thing, like Becky Lynch when she first started out. Yeah, that would work too. I, I agree with that. That would be good. Well, and Roman's done some of that in the past when he said, I don't care if you cheer me, love me, I'm still going to come out here and whoop ass. You can still have him be a face that's cheered, but you just eventually just take your fucking foot off the sympathy stuff. You, he doesn't need it anymore. He's already got it. You're beating yeah. the dead horse. This is something new. And you know what? I'm. Can you imagine how... Okay. Here's your two choices. You can either have Roman versus Daniel Bryan down the line, or you can have a badass motherfucking duel of Roman and Joe against 
Bryant and rolling down the line. I much more want to see that. That's just me. All right. Well, overall, again, that that is very intriguing. I I would like to see them two paired up, but I don't know. I I see more of them facing each other, like Tommaso Divide and on YouTube said. I probably see that. Um, and I do want to point out before we go on with number five, Gillum Jones said all this started after Rakisha came back. He's just saying. And you know what? I think he makes up a valid point about that. <laughs> no, maybe the blow off for this now that they realize their timing was way off and they're just going to essentially kind of scrap most of this and start over after SummerSlam. What if eventually you, if you can possibly milk it all the way to Survivor Series? It can be done. It can be done. Then you have a Samoan team versus Brian Rowan, maybe a return in Luke Harper, a couple other guys. I mean, it sets up. The congregation. You have the awkward Roman cousin or whatever that they he had that one match on Raw a while back, so you can mix. Yep. And then naturally the Usos, so you'd have the Usos, Roman, Joe, and then have that new guy. That could be your Samoa team, and then you can have guys like Harper, Rowan, and Brian. All and then, followers of Brian. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like that. that could be a good payoff too, and then you could have Roman and Brian be the last two guys of that match. And then you can possibly even milk another confrontation at the Rumble during the Rumble match. And then eventually, finally, get that one-on-one match at Mania. I wouldn't all mind right. that. But they they have all the pieces. This is like when you have all your pieces to the puzzle. They just got to figure out how to put this together. And it could be good. But they need to steer away from this sympathy thing, at least for a little while. Because... And if go with the boy, the badass route. Yeah, if you stay with sympathy all the way through to Mania, you're going to have a problem on your hands at Mania. Yeah. All right. And then if it would be another version of the Force Fed. I get what you're saying. Clearly, they're building Cedric Alexander as an honorary Samoan. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. But overall, the oh, yeah, index... yeah. Cedric could be that fifth guy at Survivor yeah. Series. There you go. Well, I, I would like to see that. I like that little... Like you said, the congregation with the Samoans, it would be something different, unique, fresh. I will be interested in that. Well, we'll see what happens, and we'll see if we see a pair of Samoa Joe and Roman, or we might see Joe was involved after all and was in the ears of Rowan. All right, let's go to what we thought was the fifth best thing that happened in the world of the WWE this week. Number five. Number five is Zayn. Sami Zayn going up against Aleister Black. I'll tell you, really good match. But, of course, it started off with Sami Zayn hitting the ring through the denounce. Aleister Black silence in regard to his challenge, only to, because he did challenge him, only to have the former NXT champion reveal that bout will not take place at SummerSlam. Rather, it would take place right there and the then. The way he did that was amazing, too. Yep. How seeing him on the mic, yep. but, you know, they did such a close-up with the camera. that you It was a little too. At first, he was laying already out there. Yeah. I mean, you know, besides uh, the way they kind of drawn out the black, you know, backstage stuff a little too long, in my opinion, uh, this build with black, man, I love it. Oh. Like, this is, this is probably one of the best things going on SmackDown right now. Yep. Of course, in the match, uh, Black rode his striking ability to an early advantage, but Zayn, Zayn, 
Zayn seized control of the match. The underdog from the uh, underworld worked over his opponent, but another flurry of strikes allowed the Dutch destroyer to get back into the competition. With with the heel being stunned, Black delivered the jaw, jacking Black Mass to score the pinfall. I'll tell you, it was a very entertaining match. I did like that whole Sami Zayn doing what he does best, cutting a good promo. What I would honestly say in the WWE right now, easily you could disagree, and people listening to this could be disagree with me. Top five on the mic right now, as far as the heel. That guy can really get people going, and he uses a lot of the real life complaints from the fans, whether it's social media, on the website, anywhere, YouTube. He takes that all in and throws it back in her face with with logic coming from his side, the guy that's doing it week, day in and day out. And again, pumping up uh, Alistair Black in the victory. Obviously, we're seeing that he's going to be the face where people were wondering what he was going to be. Uh, now we, we established that he's going to be faced, and I'm happy with that. Overall, great match, great build. You know, I and honestly, I, I'm, the only thing I'm upset about is that it wasn't on SummerSlam. But that's me. What do you yeah. think? Uh, the th- I don't think he's going to be like your bubbly face. I think he's that tweener face that we all kind of wish Roman was is what he's going to end up being. Uh, yeah. Same thing, now that Miz is a face, is the new version of Miz, pretty much. He's that heel everybody hates. He's that heel everybody wants to beat up. He's perfect yep. for that role now that they got Miz doing all the face stuff. Uh, I got some early, you know, I've been really loving Black stuff so much to the point where you give him one or two good feuds, a good showing at Survivor Series, and I'm telling you right now, I would not be surprised if Black wins the Rumble. I, that would be awesome. I, I, you know, it, it's too early to put him in the title picture right now, but you get him a couple more solid wins than Sami Zayn, let, maybe he beats a guy like Orin down the line, or, you know, another, like Daniel Bryan even. Uh, and then you have him a good showing at, you know, Survivor Series, and the next thing you know, I think if you were to ask a lot of people right now, you're Within your top five picks for the Rumble, a lot of people are going with Bray Wyatt and Black right now as, like, guys mm-hmm. that, you know, they're leaning towards winning. And I think that would be absolutely amazing. Like, you could slightly turn Black if Kofi's still the champion, but not, like, fully turn him into a heel, but just enough of a heel that, that you somewhat enjoy him fucking with Kofi. Uh, or you keep on the face if Orton or somebody else eventually gets that title. I mean, uh, Alistair Black and Kofi match or Alistair versus Orton match, oh, my God, would be just oh. sanity. Yep. Either way. And I think Black's that type of dude that can play the character no matter who he faces. Yeah. So, so I, the sky's the limit for Black. I really – and thank God they got him away – due to injuries and other stuff with other people from that weird NXT call-up tag team stuff they were doing with them. Yeah, They almost pooch. They they almost fucked Black up from the jump, and man. Oh, I got, love I think, he, I think he's on track now, though. One thing I gotta say, and maybe you may agree or disagree with this, Aleister Black is the, I, I agree with you, he should only be in a world title picture, and I'll explain why. A character like that is very similar to The Undertaker. 
Why didn't The Undertaker never win the U.S. title? Why hasn't The Undertaker ever won Intercontinental title? Because a character like, character like Aleister Black, which is very similar to The Undertaker, they don't need that type of uh, uh, title. They don't need those titles. They're an attraction. He's going to be used as that, as an attraction. But once in a while, you're going to see him in that title picture. And if the only title he should have, it should be the world title. And I, I'm with you on that. I think he is a front runner coming up in this upcoming Royal Rumble. Uh, whether they go with it or not, if it's not going to be this year, we may see it next year. And they're building them the right way. And thank God, yeah, due to injuries, it, that NXT call-up thing that happened a few months ago went to shit. And they re they repackaged him. Well, not repackaged him, but you know I mean. They reintroduced him into this role he's doing right now. And well, they got out of the park. back to his NXT persona, right? Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. He just—it was awkward when he came up and was doing all the tag team shit. Yeah, it, was, it, just, it wasn't it, him. It didn't, it didn't work for me. Nah. Uh, well, I mean, it was a great match, and I can't wait to see what they do from there. Maybe we might see a match between them two going into the upcoming pay-per-views. But they did a great job this past week on SmackDown. Now that was number five. Who did better than them? At number four. Number four. Number four. Well. The main event of SmackDown, New Day, going up against Daniel Bryan and Rowan in an incredible tag team match. I'm just saying that because, well, I'm a fan of tag team wrestling. As many some people listening are a fan of tag team wrestling. But they did not disappoint yet again. You have three great workers and Rowan. <laughs> the two tag teams main evented SmackDown this week with an incredible match, like I said. An intense Bryan jumped towards from the opening bell and proceeded to isolate him working with Rowan to keep Woods from tagging his partner into the bout. Big E did finally receive the hot tag and exploded into the match. He unloaded on Rowan, but found his previously injured knee a target for Brian, which I love when they use that. Using his superhuman strength, the New Day man powered out of the lapel lock and powered by the former WWE champion for a two. Attacking Rowan halted the babyface comeback, but Woods was still able to deliver a massive elbow from the top rope for a near fall. Big E throwing caution to the wind, speared Brian through the ropes, which was also incredible, onto the floor. Since the end was near and not in their favor, Rowan used the ring steps to flatten New Day and draw the disqualification. Of course, it went into that segment where Ro uh, Roman was talking with Buddy Murphy. They saw that. That was the end of it, but that's we already discussed that. What did you think of the main event on SmackDown? This was the first of two matches that are basically on this list just because of the match and nothing to do with a deep, deep storyline. Yeah, Brian didn't need history it. With today, but this really wasn't anything to prolong a storyline or nothing. This was just, like you said, a solid tag team wrestling match. It was a pleasure to see, but being that there's no storyline associated with it, really, really, uh, this was just, you could appreciate it for what it is on its own, just a solid match. And there's not a lot to say about it, just simply that it was a great match and a pleasure yep. to see. Yep. And and that's all you guys with the tag team division with WWE is a little bit more of a focus. And I like the step of them putting them in the main event of a TV show. I think the ultimate, and I hope they do it sometime, and they've done it in AEW. They have done it at MLW. They have done it in um, Reign of Honor, and they've done it at Impact, where a tag team closes out a show. I would love, and I mean a pay-per-view. I would love to see that one time. 
talk about the women's revolution. I'm talking about the tag team revolution. Bring it, or evolution. Bring it back. Bring it back and make it prominent again. And steps like this, I mean, I, I wasn't a big fan of Brian being in the tag team. But knowing the message of what they could do with that and build a faction, like you said, going up against the Samoans or something like that, that got me like, oh, I hope they go that route. That, that's a great it's idea, and I wish the only, they do go with that. The only, the only thing that's been disappointed as far as tag team division lately is that they've done a great job of finally building it up again. Like, you're excited to see tag team matches again. Yep, yep. But mm. here we are again. A major pay-per-view tonight, and there's no tag team I know. I title know. match as of yet. Yeah, this is what... That, this... That's a problem. Like, you've yep. done a fairly decent job of building this up the last few months, and then your payoff is, well, you guys, you, we might do a throwaway kickoff match with Ryder and Hawkins versus whoever, or some bullshit like that. Like, fuck off. Like, this... If you're going to start respecting them and building them up on these regular TV shows, do it on the pay-per-views too, please. That's all I ask. Even if it's the kickoff match, you can still build up a feud for a kickoff match. But when you throw the kickoff match on there at the last second, oh, by the way, we're going to have a tag team title match tonight, then it, it has no meaning to it. But you no, can build doesn't. up the match. And then when they announce the card and you find out that, let's say they spent a month building up the Usos versus Revival, for example, and then you get to the pay-per-view and they throw it on the kickoff, you're still okay with it because you've been building towards the excitement of this match. But when you just throw up a random tag team match out of nowhere on a pay-per-view, it devalues it to the point where, starting tomorrow night on Monday, you got to rebuild the division back up again because you shoot it down every fucking pay per view. Uh, I to uh, the final point that goes uh, that ingredients with what you just said was that yes, they do things on social media and you know other like YouTube and all that people may not follow. You might want to do this on television because not everyone's going to follow those things and realize okay, why is there a tag match? There was no build to this. How did this happen? Not realizing there was things that were put out on social media and things that were put out on YouTube that built to that that they didn't see. All of a sudden, boom, you see a tag match and you don't know why. That's the one thing I can see. It's good that they do it that way as far as, like, they can prolong it, but it should be built on a TV show and prolonged on social media and YouTube. That's what I'm saying. There's no hint right now, but yeah. would you be at all surprised if they throw a New Day versus Brian and Rowan title match on the card tonight at the last I would second? love to see that. I, I wouldn't be surprised. It. Yeah, I would and, love and to see it. And it would make sense. But the problem is when you don't bring it up on your last show before the pay-per-view – you automatically, if you're graded on a scale of one to five, you're already fours your limit now since you didn't make the match before the card. You fours your limit. That's best case scenario. And then, you know, if things don't go right, it could be even more than that. It just devalues the division. And it's not fair to these guys yep. that put these really solid efforts out on these tag teams mm -hmm. like New Day, even Brian. And now what he's done with the tag team division, just by having a solid name like him, nobody fucking talks about Eric Rowan. He's just a throwaway guy to pair him up with. But just having a guy to caliber and Brian being your tag team division, 
and your rock solid performers like the Usos and New Day. Well, Usos if they're not getting arrested. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> but you know, these guys have been doing a great job building the division, man. Don't fucking screw them over by throwing away just random matches on pay per views. Even though this match right here, if they do a rematch here with these two teams tonight, it'll be a great match. It will. Yeah. Uh, you got to give him. You got to give these guys more of a presence, so yep. to speak. All right. Well. Let's see if they do, and then, like you said, they'll probably do it, and it, you know, wouldn't be a greatest belt. But uh, if not, they did put an incredible match on TV, the end SmackDown, and it was good to say. Uh, before we go into number three, I do want to say, Big Daddy Matt, uh, he's watching us on Twitch right now. Thank you for the host, but also thank you for the bits that you donated. Thank you so much. Uh, we will put that out and you know, spread the wealth to other. Uh, content creators on Twitch. Thank you so much for uh, the donation. All right, so now that we're done with number four, well, we talked about one tag team match that happened this week. Well, there's another one that made number three. Number three. And that is your new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Alexa Bliss and... Oh, sorry. And Cross, I'm sorry, Nikki Cross. I'm sorry. I had a noise in the background it distracted me. Um, uh, match that was that I felt should have happened again. Tag team matches not being on the main show, which should have happened on SummerSlam because the quality of the match was great. Um, but it also was on Raw. Fade a four way elimination for the women's tag team titles. Of course, Manny Rose was eliminated uh, by the Iconics with a bicycle kick to Billy Kay. Oscar then. Made Rose tap out for the second elimination. And finally, Alexa Bliss caught uh, Carrie Sane with a twist of bliss to take the win and capture the WWE <coughs> Women's Tag Team Championships. Now, it was great because we, we've discussed this pairing with, with Cross and Bliss, and we like what they're doing and how uh, you somehow saw Bliss showing both sides of a healing face, but we know who she truly is. And we liked what they that they got cross involved with something, and here they are a, a couple months later, and they're tag champions. Your thoughts on the match and thoughts on this, of them being tag champs. This shit had between these two women has been nothing short of flawless. Like, I know from the jump, like you said, Bliss flip flopping her character a bunch to the point now with their established heels. That you cheer for every time they come out. Like you, even though they portray heels, you want them to succeed. And they're probably the top heels, as, as, at least as far as tag teams, men or women, that get cheered the most. Because, I, I mean, that pop they got when they won was a little surprising. I didn't think that many other people were behind them as much as like we were. You know, just loving this parent from the jump. Uh, and they gel. They gel. And this is almost in a weird way like Daniel Bryan and Rowan, where we haven't seen a lot from Nikki yet. We want to see Nikki succeed. Uh, but she's not there yet. But then you throw in the established name of Alexa Bliss into this, like you kind of had originally with Bailey and Sasha when they had the titles. And this will help elevate the title. Now, hopefully, these two get a proper reign that, you know, Bailey and Sasha never did. 
obviously, but I think they will. If they get a nice at least month or two rain with these titles, uh this is gonna be pretty damn good for them women's tag titles. So I'm 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 excited to see where it goes. Yeah, I am too. And the thing is as far as Lexa Bliss, we know what happened. She's been dealing with a little, uh, ish, uh, you know, health issues and all. Um, and I know her being in the title picture as far as the women's title on Raw SmackDown's out of the question at the moment. They're going to try to rebuild Bailey, which I think they've done a fairly decent job with. And, of course, they're not going to take the belt off of Becky. I still don't think she's going to lose this week. Uh, I will be surprised not if, if, if it's... Maybe Ronda comes back. Yeah, and we—I don't know. We may. A lot of people speculate that she might pop up tonight. Yeah, there's rumors that she might be there tonight. Yeah. Well, of course we'll see. But overall, I'm glad they're doing what they did and gave them the titles because I like what they're doing. You said it perfectly. Everything they've done has been flawless, and and yes, I hope they get it good healthy long reign and the fact there's smackdown i mean raw talent you might get a better reign out of them as opposed to iconics that were originally smackdown so that i'm just saying <laughs> but overall it was a great match a great women's match and a great tag match all right we just talked about two tag titles and two tag titles on the line uh this week hmm who made number two number two. Oh, that's right Owens and Shane McMahon. Of course, a segment where the Kevin Owens show. Uh, of course, he wasted no time in demanding Shane McMahon joining him in the ring for that show. He admitted that since he agreed to put his career on the line <clears throat> against Shane, fans have asked why McMahon's career isn't also at stake. Shane blamed Owens' ego for being in the position he is in now. He declined the challenge. Owens claimed McMahon had no balls to which former SmackDown commissioner said he had ball, balls and brains. Lies at the ring, but Owens did a solid job fending off both of them, including the Sunday to the musician on the announce table. Seizing the opportunity, McMahon tripped Owens up, dropping him back and head first on the table, and he proceeded to turn the table over KO, leaving him leaving KO pinned with nowhere to go. McMahon got up with a few uh, got a few cheap shots before trapping him headfirst in his steel chair. A quick basement dropkick concluded the beatdown. And some last minute trash talk. Now I said this to you. We talked privately, like before the show, this a couple days ago. I said I enjoyed this segment because the whole time going up to this match, who was getting over on every segment? Kevin Owens. This time you finally got McMahon getting the heat, and getting over on KO. And I enjoyed the segment because, again, it wasn't so much of a sympathy. Now it was like, okay, you could see what he could do. Yeah, he may need help, and that could always happen at SummerSlam. And now, because of this, and you see what happened here, now there's like that, like, oh, are we going to see KO after tonight? I did like what they did with that. How did you feel about that segment? And how did you, real quick, how did you feel about the build of this match? You know, I'm really happy with all this because, you know, let me just throw on a little side thing right quick. There's obviously going to be something after this tonight with Shane career, maybe, maybe not, or Shane's a stipulate. There's something else is going to be added to this match tonight. But I'm a lazy person. We all know that. I ain't going to go back 
in streams from three, four, five months ago, whatever it was, when we were doing this on a regular basis. But when Kevin Owens first returned, and he returned as a face, and I was telling everybody that could listen how happy I was. It makes perfect sense. And I was shitting on every motherfucker. Oh, he's just a natural heel. He's the best heel in the company right now. Blah, 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 blah. Look at me now, bitches. I just want to, you know, throw that out there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this motherfucker is the close, like Kobe Bryant was to the closest thing to Michael Jordan. This is the closest you are ever getting to Stone Cold. So much to the point that he's even using the fucking stunner. And quite frankly, the way Owens does the stunner, I kind of like it more than Stone Cold stunner. Call me crazy, but it just seems more a combination of awkward but beautiful at the same time. It's just this feud is the perfect feud. You can look at this. And if you fucking just, like, crunch your eyes and you glance real quick, you could picture Mr. McMahon in Stone Cold right here. This is McMahon versus the Stone Cold character, essentially, all over again. And whether this feud ends tonight, which I definitely do not see that happening for a goddamn second, because even if Owens loses tonight, he's going to come back and continue to beat up Shane McMahon. We all know that. So I don't think this feud is going to go anywhere anytime soon. Maybe it gets drawn out to Survivor Series where they both lead a team and then the losing team is leaving SmackDown or some shit like that. And if nothing happens with McMahon's career tonight-wise. Uh, but this feud is what we wished Miz and Shane would have been more like. Because this is even better. Because absolutely, first, when Miz was doing it with Shane, it didn't feel... It didn't feel organic. It just didn't feel right because we were still trying to get used to Miz being a face. But with Owens, he's done everything so above and beyond perfect that you get invested in this from the jump. And I can't wait to see where this shit goes from here. Quite frankly, storyline-wise, this is my top storyline in the company right now is Kevin Owens, and it's not even close. Alright, well, I kind of like the world title picture more, but I do like this. This is close second to me. But going on what you said with the modern McMahon-Austin era, well, what if he was to lose tonight at SummerSlam, and I just say he pulls the thing that Stone Cold did where he put the gun up the McMahon's head, hit the bang 316. What if they were to do that to get him really over with the fans? And they talk about they want to be a little edgier. Not necessarily with the gun because of what happened last week with the mass shootings. That would not be in good taste. But something along the lines of he's really threatening McMahon. What's that? I do have a theory. You don't necessarily have to do it on SmackDown after SummerSlam. You can yeah. hold out until Fox. You can hold out to the Fox debut. Eric Bischoff comes out and rehires Kevin Owens. Yeah, I don't know. That might be a little too long. That while Eric and Paul aren't going to be on air characters per se, I I wouldn't necessarily mind seeing Bischoff on my TV a couple, two, three times a year kind of thing. Just come out there for something big a couple times a year. That would wouldn't at all surprise you if even if he don't appear on TV, if Kevin's just comes out, 
by himself and just said, oh, Bischoff hired me. Or I was rehired. And then Shane's trying to figure out who undercut him. And then you could create something future with that where Shane thinks he still has power but doesn't because this other random person does, even though we all know who the random is. There's a lot you could do with this. Uh, I'm excited, man. I, I can't – this storyline, you could milk this motherfucker forever. Like, this is Austin and McMahon all over again. Yeah, we'll see where they go with that. And, um, and Nick, I'm excited for tonight. Nominal. Yeah, it is. I do see that. And um, Shane's always had that kind of chemistry. It is weird. I'm surprised he didn't become, like, a really a full-time guy because – it does seem like he's odd with his, but you know what? The greatest wrestlers, I mean, I mean, the greatest characters weren't the greatest wrestlers. Let's, I'm going to throw one well, out there. A lot of people are Bar- Hulk Hogan. Cashed up well with the stuff with Miz for whatever reason, it just didn't click. Because uh, he had a little bit of something with Big Show short term that was okay, but really his two chemistry guys were Kurt Angle first and now Kevin Owens. Yeah, well, he just gels with them two guys mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it, it just works all right well i mean yeah, i agree with you and i i i can't wait to see where they go with this um going to your point we're making it the you know first episode on fox i don't know it would be believable if he was fired and then all of a sudden a week later he's back like the time where he quit and then the next show he was back it's not believable i could go with that with them going to fox and then they bring him back but that's two months away I don't know if you want to kill that kind of momentum. If you want a guy to be that uber baby face. Well, what if what if over those two months though you keep him as fired, but Seg- he shows up randomly to attack people? Or if you're going on with your social so media, so he don't have an actual match or rehired until Fox. Okay, so I, I can go. I can, can go with that. Be a television <clears throat> presence. Oh, yeah, do the social media, do the YouTube, and like you said... Anything come... that Shane, Drew, or Elias gets involved in, Kevin Owens just comes out of the crowd and fucks it up and then goes back to the crowd, and maybe they can do a rest angle, which, you know, they love doing her rest angles, so that wouldn't oh, surprise no. me. So yep. you, you could keep him technically fired until Fox. You could. And then if what a guy to essentially build between him and Kofi as your leaders of SmackDown on Fox, I am yeah. down with it. All right. Well, only thing I want to know is, are we going to see Kevin Owens next week? We'll find out tonight at SummerSlam. And that was our number two. D-Shep loved the storyline angle, angle. I love this storyline as well. But there was one thing that was better than this, and this is number one. This number was one. one to top, too. You could... I, I didn't think you were going to be able to top Kevin Owens. I really didn't, but... Mysterio I, and Amos did. Andrade and Mysterio went one-on-one on Monday Night Raw this past week. Um, Andrade brutalized Rey Mysterio early in the match, but the master of the 619 refused to stay down. He fought back through injuries, much to Selena Vega's frustration. Once again, El, El Adilo... I, I always get that wrong. Went after uh, Mysterio's mask, which distracted the referee. This allowed Vega to bounce the WWE legend off the ropes to set up the hammerlock DDT for the win. Great heel victory. Even though it's number one, it was 
it, it was a great match to me. The false finishes, man. The last time I saw people or heard people react to these false finishes is when Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan Elimination Chamber. It was that level, that deafening sound, like you heard it through the TV. I watch other shows, and you you didn't hear those kind of reactions. They were into it. And man, for guys that faced each other a handful of times, it gets better and better and not as boring. It doesn't get boring. Uh, that's how I feel about it. What did you feel about the match? You know, last year, I got extremely bored with Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. We talked about We beat that dead horse so many goddamn times. I was so fucking sick of it. Uh, but this yep. right here, like you said, I, I was in awe. This was the best wrestling match I've seen on Raw all year. I don't think it's even close. Yep. yep. And to your point about the crowd being into it, I'm telling you what, man, since Rey Mysterio returned, these were the reactions they were hoping for when he returned. This was the best version Absolutely. of Rey Mysterio. And to the point, I would compare Mysterio a little bit to Goldberg at this point. Not saying that Mysterio can't hang with the big guys, but it just seems like when he's fighting these guys like Samoa Joe or Drew McIntyre and stuff like that, uh, he just, that's when he tends to get hurt. Now, uh, if he sticks with guys like AJ Styles, all um, mm-hmm. a few other guys that medium size, this is how you see the best version of Mysterio. Just like Absolutely. tonight. When Goldberg goes up against Ziggler, you're going to see the best version of Goldberg tonight. And as long as you keep Ray in these kind of feuds, and you got top smaller guys as your champions right now, with, well, not with Brock, but when Seth Rollins had it, and obviously with Kofi having it, you could still eventually get Mysterio in the title picture if you keep them up against guys like this. But if you keep throwing them in there with guys like, I don't know, let's say Lars Sullivan when he comes back. Oh, That's God. A few. Well, it's a few that you probably would see because people, for some reason, love throwing Ray in there against the big guys. It's a David versus Goliath. Yeah, they, it's sad. Yeah, they all, but the problem is Ray usually gets hurt yeah. when that happens. That so is true. This is the best wrestling match I've seen from Ray Mysterio probably close to five years. This yeah. match was... This and not to take anything away from Omnis because he's been building his own legacy of late. I don't think yeah. the dude's ever had a bad match that I can recall. Nope. Uh, Great worker. This, you know, it doesn't, it's really hard for me these days with the wrestling product being so much more about storylines and wrestling matches to have a wrestling match at number one. Because if this was any other week, like I said, Owens above and beyond would be the number one thing. Uh, but this match was so above and beyond. Even you knew it was going to be good. But I don't think anybody thought it was going to be that good. Like, For people to react the way they did, yeah. <laughs> uh, Vega is, you know what? I'd have to say Vega is probably the top heel manager on the outside, besides Paul Heyman and the company right now. No, I can agree far. with that. Uh, is. She's just phenomenal, too, and a talented wrestler in her own right. Uh, I look forward to seeing this match another dozen times because I don't think you can really find anything to really complain about here. 
No, and every time they do something new, like they, one thing they didn't do this time, they didn't do the um, uh, uh, the, the destroyer, the Canadian destroyer. You didn't see that at all in the match, but dude, they focused on the mask. That was a great thing they did because they played off from the week before. But dude, it was an incredible match. My opinion, yeah, I'm with you. It was the match of the year so far for all. I nothing has topped that as far as the, the even in announcers like. You even got life out of fucking Michael Cole, which is hard to do because he's like very robotic. And I know why, because of how they have the announcers, you know, do what they do now compared to 20 years ago. But I mean, everyone was into it. Everyone shared. There was so a huge level of excitement. And overall, you at the end, you even though it almost got the victory, it was still an incredible match and people were into it. And they 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 were all good with it. But, and in my opinion, the right guy got the win, too. Yeah, he did. He did. Because it was a veteran giving the new talent, the younger talent, the rub. He did give him the rub right there. This whole the series of matches is really getting him over as a he, a good heel, along with Zelina Vega. And you know, kudos, the- kudos to Mysterio for doing that. We were talking about Royal Rumble contenders with, like, Bray Wyatt and Black oh. early. I don't think Omnis is quite there yet. But no. you know what Omnis could get this year that I wouldn't be at all surprised? The winner, the Andre the Giant Mania. That would be good for him. It would be a good step. I think he would I think he would be the perfect guy for that. And then the following rumble in twenty twenty one, he can maybe win his first rumble. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But yeah, he's doing a good job. They're doing a great job building him. But not- and and congratulations to Amos. And Rey Mysterio at being number one this week. That was our list. What is yours? Hit us up at Go Home Wrestling on Twitter and let us know your top 10 events and matches that happen on Raw, SmackDown, or NXT. Now, we're done with the list. Let's go on with a new list. And that is our WWE and NXT Power Rankings of the Week. Alright, I'll start it off this time. Number five, I'm going to go with Shane Thorne with the big victory over Wild. It was, like I said, it was the only match on NXT, but it was a really good, entertaining match. Great ending. That brutal running knee to the face gets the victory over Wild. That is my number five. Number four, I'm going with Aleister Black. Aleister Black getting that great victory over Sami Zayn this past week on SmackDown. Therefore, he lands my number four spot. Number three, you may disagree with me, but I do like what they're doing with Roman Reigns. Keeping them in a good story. Execution could be better, but overall, I know the premise. I agree with the premise, and I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. That's my number three. Number two, Andrade with the match of the year for all. The match of the week. Great matches time after time with Rey Mysterio. That's my number two. And my number one this week is the new... WWE Women's Tag Team Champions Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and that who's who's on my list this week D-Shep hit us with your top five my list isn't really too much different from yours a little bit you know with the order and whatnot and a couple different people uh but Andrade just simply because you know he'd probably be a little further up the list for me if it just wasn't for the simple fact that this is like the main standout thing I've seen in the last month. Like, if I keep seeing standout things, then he'll just keep going up and up. But I just haven't seen a lot of standout things lately. He's just been that solid guy lately. I just want a little more. A little more. I can't get enough of it. Uh, Bliss and Cross, 
probably would be further on my list too if it wasn't for the fact that I just I need to see them picking up wins. Before this test, they weren't really winning. Uh, so I, I think they had the potential to be up there every week, but this is the start of that. Number three, Brock Lesnar. My God, I the 180 I've done on Brock Lesnar these last few months, I cannot properly explain that in the time of this show. There's just no way. Uh, he's been nothing short of phenomenal to me lately. Uh, and this is where we mainly disagree because you brought up Roman Reigns. I got to go with Small Joe. The only reason I'm going with Joe is, to me, he's been the standout guy of this storyline of Roman Reigns, the attack, Daniel Bryan, Roland, whatever you want to talk about. The most impactful, solid performance of this storyline, in my opinion, has been Small Joe. Everything from hopping up on the announcer table, the promos, the reaction after the car crash, nothing short of phenomenal. And and number one, I'm going Kevin Owens. Uh, this is where I go a little bit back to more the storyline being my top concern as far as, you know, not as close to a wrestling match, but Kevin Owens is the guy right now. And to me, he's number one. All right. Well, like I said, we don't have to agree on everything. I do like your list, too. And again, for anyone that has their list, if you're listening right now, hit us up at Go Home Wrestling on Twitter, as well as DShep1979. Tag him in it and give us your top five WWE Superstars of the Week. Uh, we have our list. We want to hear yours. All right. Before we end the show, let's do a quick round. We're going to do our predictions for SummerSlam. I'm just going to announce the match. You give me a winner, okay? And we'll... Let me uh, bring it up because it's not showing up on the thing I emailed. So I'm just going to just give me a winner. We'll go down the list. Here we go. Drew Gulak Vorkin. Who do you got for the uh, Cruiserweight title? Gulak because I don't know anything about the other guy. Vorkin. He was part of the tag team that was competing against Undisputed Air last year. All right. Never mind. Trish Stratus, Charlotte Flair. Oh, I didn't have that one on my list. I forgot that one. Uh, Charlotte all day. She needs this win over a top legend like that. I, I I don't see any reason why Trish Stratus should win this match. I'm with you on that. Flair getting a rub from Trish Stratus, which was considerably one of the best women champions during that time. Great. It would be good for her to get the rub. So I go with Charlotte. I agree with you on that. Goldberg and oh, Goldberg and Dolph Ziggler. Who do you got? Dolph Ziggler. Uh, right. No. Goldberg. 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 I'm with you on that. Ricochet like putting his title against AJ Styles going up against uh, Ricochet for the U.S. title. Who do you have? Uh, Styles because he's red hot right now. Ricochet, they've done a good job of building them up as a play to the point where I can survive with Styles winning this match. Had uh, Ricochet been losing of late, I would have said Ricochet needs this win more. But Styles has just been too red hot not to win. All right. All right. Next one. Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt. Oh, by the way, I got Styles as well. It better be fucking Bray Wyatt. All right. I got Bray as well. If you're going to build a character like that, you can't have him losing this first match. All right. Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon. Uh, uh, You know, I've gone back and forth on this. I did write down Owens. But in a weird way, I think to have a more long-term storyline with this, I'd go with Shane with the win, uh, simply because the untapped 
potential you could do with a fired Kevin Owens, I think would be must-see TV. So I'd rather see that. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Shane with you. Uh, I'm with you on that as far as uh, standpoint because you know he's not going to go. Where's he going to go to AEW? Uh, (laughs) Next one, Barely Ember Moon. Who you got? Oh, God. You know, I, I don't like Ember Moon, but she needs this win. She really does. Uh, I see a return to Sasha Banks tonight screwing over Bailey and Moon winning the title. Wow. Okay. Well, let's see if they go with that. And it, you know what? Ember Moon is deserving of that. She is a great worker. I like what she does. Uh, it would be a good thing for her. A big boost in her character and everything for her to win that. Title. I like the pairing of how we kind of have Nick Cross and Alexa of a potential Sasha and Ember Moon pairing. I think that would be kind of lit. All right. Well, I'm going to go with Barely, actually. I think she's going to retain. Number the uh, last uh, women's title match on the line is uh, Becky Lynch and Natalia. Man, think about this. Women's Evolution got three big marquee matches for a big for the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. Who you got, Lynch or Natalia? You know, I, I do want to hint at that before I say my winner real quick. All these motherfuckers the last couple weeks bitching and moaning about how Riven revolution again on twitter and shit like that give women a chance my god what more do you fucking want like you had a long multi-women tag team uh match on raw you had phenomenal promos from all the women involved with title matches the tris and charlotte promos are kind of cringe but they've been getting their time i don't know what more you fucking want with the women like they're out there they're top superstars they're not divas no more like can we stop with the women's revolution hashtag shit like they're there yep. uh, but beyond that i don't see any reason why becky loses here tonight because i do think that ronda has to be the person that is the most legitimate to take it down the line uh i just don't see natty winning especially since it's in their hometown and we all know the hometown will never win which also plays into Christian tonight, too. Yeah, I got Lynch. Finally, Lesnar, Rollins, who you got? Uh, we have to go with Brock. I want Rollins to win as far as who I'm more of a fan of, but I've been loving everything Brock been doing so much that I got to go with Brock. All right. You know, well, I got Brock as well because uh, I think it would be better for the WWE if he's still champion going into uh, – SmackDown going on the Fox. All right. Well, that is the show, ladies and gentlemen. We you missed we give... two matches. What's that? Who did we you miss? missed two matches. Who did I miss? You didn't do Kofi or Orton. Oh, I'm sorry. Kofi and Orton. Who you got? Kofi. Oh, I got Kofi I as well. Who, who else did we uh, forget? And then one other match. And this is a match I'm shocked you forgot. I'll leave Shinsuke for the IC title. Oh, okay. Uh, I, well, I got Shinsuke. Who you got? I got Ali. I think it's time to put a belt on him. I really do. I I just I got that gut feeling tonight. Okay. All right. We'll see. I'm sorry. I did overlook them. I do. I have them on the table here and overlooked them. I'm sorry. All right. Well, there you go. That's our predictions, and we'll put them out later on today on our show page. Oh, uh, and I'm go home, wrestling. Say Roman Reigns is going to beat up Buddy Murphy tonight in a quick squash match. Oh God! That's Please don't do that. That'll be random in the middle where Buddy Murphy will be coming out and he'll call out Roman and Roman will come out there and just work his ass real quick. All right. All right. Well, we reached to that point at the end of the show. 
Thank you for everyone that tuned in on our uh, on YouTube, Mixer, and Twitch. For people that listen on podcast, if you want to catch us live, it's every now Sunday at noon Eastern Standard Time. You can catch us live when we record the podcast on there. For people that are watching right now and you can't catch us, we're, you can listen to the podcast, which we'll have it released tonight on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor FM, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Start your Monday Monday morning off listening to the top ten things that we thought were great for WWE that last week and on twitter you can follow the show i'm at go home wrestling he's at the chef 1979 and we are out of here later everybody later